Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh-huh, it's my shit. <laughs> All you girls stomp your feet like this. Few times been around that track, so it's not just gonna happen like that, cause I ain't no holla black girl. Yeah. Everybody, those are the dulcet tones of my co-host, Katie Mordhorst. Thank you. Who am I, Katie? Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Nathan Lee. I'm sorry, I got distracted by my dog. Oh, well, yeah, cause your dog's adorable. Hey, everybody, welcome. And today we're gonna be talking about, uh, the scandal involving Obsessed Fest 2, which Katie Mordhorst and I went to. So get ready for a whole bucket of bullshit. On online bullshit. Yay! Yeah! Should we explain what True Crime Obsessed is a yeah. little bit for those who are uninitiated? True Crime Obsessed is a true crime podcast uh, hosted by Patrick Hines and Jillian Pensavale, and they basically recap true crime documentaries. Yeah, I feel like there are a few kinds of true crime podcasts, mm -hmm. uh, and people have gotten mad at My Favorite Murder because they are a comedy podcast. Yeah. And so... But I do think that, like, bringing comedy into, like, dark things is, like, valid and a good idea. Yeah. And I think one of the things about True Crime Obsessed that they like is that, like, they were kind of the first wave of victim-focused. Yeah, they try to be on the right side. And usually if they're laughing or making fun, it's, like, of someone who's on the documentary. Yeah. You know, yeah. or somebody kinda... who says something that like they don't like or um 
conflicts with one of their specific social justice warrior views. I will totally. say it, honestly. Yeah. It's a little bit performative. But it they're funny. It is. And I think some of that is like how you have to be in this day and age. So Somebody's always, always going to have a problem with off. literally anything you say. Right. So that's why I think we're like, we don't give a fuck. Yeah. Exactly. Just because like, yeah, I know we're going to have some kind of opinion and you're going to have some kind of opinion and that's fine. But like bullying isn't cool. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I'm all for like social justice, but when it like, I hate it when it gets like super yeah it's just cautious and performative yeah and it's just like i remember once when they were um doing what was it uh Oh, mommy dearest and die mommy dead and dearest mommy dead and dearest or mommy yes. dearest whatever it was about uh gypsy, gypsy rose, rose blanchard and they did this whole huge apology yes, about using about the word the gypsy. gypsy i'm like it's her fucking name but anyway, so that is True Crime Obsessed. Um, yeah, and they are very obviously like theater kids. So like when I started listening to them, it was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I needed things to listen to while I went on walks. Yeah. And I just remember them being like, hey, join the Pates. It's fun, laughs, good time. And then they would play the clip from uh, fun, Sweet Charity. Fun, laughs, good time. Yeah, and yeah. I'd be like, yeah. And then like. One time when there was a murder that happened where they both reached for the gun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, these guys are fun because, like, I have a little bit of a background in knowing about musicals and theater and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Patrick had, like, a Broadway podcast and Jillian had the Hamill cast. Yeah. And I think I remember them saying, or Patrick saying, that they originally wanted to be, like, much more like a... not journalistic, but not funny. And it just sort of yeah. became that. Because if you listen to their earlier podcasts, like they're way more low key. I know, but they kind of go slower too, which yeah. is like, it works better with my brain. <laughs> oh, if they go slower? Yeah, it's a little too fast now. What yeah, do you think? I like it fast. I'm actually jealous of how fast they go. I'm like, how do you think that fast? Oh, me too. Yeah, I'm yeah. like the slowest talker I've ever heard. <laughs> like, I can't do it on TikTok. I hate watching myself back. I'm so slow. I think it's just like a rhythm thing. And, yeah. But uh, yeah, for some reason, I'm just like, they're really fast. I thought they speeded themselves up like in post. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. But, they um, didn't tell us that. But anyways. Yeah. So that's the podcast that we like. Um. And then there's a network that they started because right. honestly, their podcast is a juggernaut. Like, oh, right. they make they millions. They have a Patreon. Yeah. And let me see how many members they have. Actually, I think I saw it today on Reddit, something like 44,000. Yeah. Somebody like broke down like how many listeners or Patreon subscribers they've been losing from day yes. to day. This is yes. how obsessed people on Reddit are with this whole drama. Right. Yeah. So they have. Okay, 40,000 subscribers. Uh Uh-huh. If you, uh, if everyone was a $5 member, Uh that would be $200,000 per month. Yeah. But there are people who pay $10 and then people who pay $20. Well, and then there's like, there's all that ad revenue. Yeah, and then they have ad revenue from their regular Uh uh, feed shows. And then I assume they like make revenue or a profit from merch. I mean. Yeah, and then they have merch. That's, yeah, a lot of people make money off merch. So they have all of these revenue streams. 
So plus the other podcasts that they so have now, that they take a cut from. Right. They started a few other podcasts, um, which just brought in more revenue. I'm sure it's hard to keep track. Yeah, and one of which I just want to mention now, right, is strange and unexplained by uh, Daisy Egan, who is a. Uh, she's another former theater. Kid. She's she is. The, I believe, the youngest actress ever to win a Tony. Yes. I remember watching the Tonys the night she won. And really? I'm like, you are like, because we're kind of a similar age. And I was so jealous. <laughs> um, Did you get to ever see what she did? Like, did she, was she in the secret, deserve it? Well, she was in the secret garden. And I remember um, that night of the Tonys. They like, because they always do like a scene from all the nominated yeah, ones. And yeah. so like, not only... Do you have to be up for an award? You have to perform while you're waiting to find out if you won. Right. So, yeah. And um, it was fine. She was like on a train. I don't know. She was like eight. That's why I'm like, how could she win? <laughs> well, I think, you know. I mean, we're not here to shit on Daisy. I'm no, just like, No, no, absolutely what? not. What a crazy thing to be eight years old on Broadway and then win a Tony. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because uh, we'll we'll come back to Daisy later. Yeah, and yeah. then um, also during the same time that I was getting into TCO during 2020 pandemic. Mm-hmm. Same time for me started. as well. Oh. Yeah. I never asked you when you got into it. When I first listened to them, like in 2017 yes. or something, uh-huh. I was like, I could not. I Okay, I think I, because um, my always go-to, got to hear every podcast about Jean Bonnet. Uh-huh. And so I think I just was like, I'm going to listen to the TCO Jean Bonnet. Yeah. And immediately it was just like Patrick laughing every five seconds. That's the thing. And I was like, I can't fucking stand this guy. And then it just grew on me. It's Isn't it weird? It grew on me too. Like, cause I listened to it once. I was like, oh, well that's not for me. Yeah. And then for some reason it's like, I started listening to it again during it the felt, pandemic and I'm yeah. like, oh, these like, I need this energy in my felt, life right now. Yeah, I felt like we were friends hanging out. And that is what I want from a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I want, like, people chattering the background. Yeah, and, like, laughing. Oh, I'm laughing, too. Yeah, and it's, like, <laughs> one of those podcasts where it's, like, I haven't watched the documentary. I don't give a shit. So mm-hmm. you can kind of just, like, check in. Oh, they said something funny about something. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, it's kind of, like, low commitment and very pleasurable. Yeah. Yeah. So, as I'm getting into that podcast, they start Obsessed with Disappeared. Uh-huh. And that's Patrick again, and he's recruited his friend Alan, who's from Broadway, and she is hilarious. She's really, really funny. And I gotta tell you, a great singer. Like, she's, yeah. she sang a lot on that podcast, and she's got, like, she's legit. I, yeah, so I started, I would listen to both, and I would be like, wow, Patrick is just really good at choosing funny women yeah you know and then i would um kind of be like well am i just here for patrick and i'd be like no i think both of these women are great jillian and ellen i in different ways honestly when i first started listening to um true crime obsessed it was definitely i was like drawn in by jillian Mm -hmm. and then i patrick grew on me Mm -hmm. so i was like oh obsessed with the disappeared patrick's in it and then like and but then I was all about Ellen. It was all about because she was just like so immediately funny and got it. She like really got how to do it. Yeah. So I think like Patrick's really good at like collecting funny friends. And then, as we'll see later, utterly alienating them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then after about one year, I think Patrick left. Obsessed with disappeared. 
Yeah, I think it was just, well, all right. I think it was one year. It was about one year. And like much later scuttlebutt on the Reddits. What? It said it was because Jillian didn't like Ellen, and so she was like, gave yes. him an ultimatum. These it's like are the either, rumors. These are the rumors. It's either our podcast or you and Ellen, and so Which he stepped back. I could totally project onto them, I'd say, you know, as like a listener, where I was like, oh man, I wonder if Jillian is um, jealous of the success and the funniness that Ellen has. Yeah. And then I would be like, no, she's like a grown woman, you know, like, why would she be jealous? I mean, she seems to like Jillian seems yeah. to know who she is. And I think Jillian's like legitimately funny, funny and like, um, really smart. Yeah. In ways that like Ellen, I'm not saying Ellen's not smart, but she has, she's informed in ways that Ellen might not be. And I thought, yeah, they that have was like different things they bring to the table. Yeah. So we don't know if that's true. It just seems like the popular rumor. Yeah. That Jillian was like, you have to quit this show. Mm -hmm. And it made sense to me that Patrick would be tired. (laughs) Oh, and BT dubs. All of this is going down on the Obsessed Network Reddit board, which was created, I believe, as a reaction against the uh, True Crime Obsessed Facebook board. So people could like people could have highly moderated, highly moderated. And it's a lot of like fan people who are like posting pictures of their dog. It's weird because it's never, never related. Been. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like never related to what they do no. on the show? No, a lot of times people are like, oh my God, fam, I just wanted to come show you that I got married yesterday. I'm rolling and my I'm like, eyes at fam. I don't give a fuck about you, stranger in your marriage. Seriously. And the whole fam thing. Now, Patrick oh, right. and Jillian have like, um, for their sort of name for their fan group, is, uh, you know, like, My Favorite Murder has the Murderinos, oh. and, um... Literally every podcast starts, hey, fam, just a note up top. Uh, fam, come to Obsessed Fest, it's, like, right around the corner. And then, like, when they're touring and doing, like, live shows, he says, hey, fam, come to our live shows. And so that's how they refer to their listeners. And it's like, you know, it takes off the concept, like, in you know, queer circles about like chosen family. So it's like, yeah, for sure. It's the idea that it's like, you know, if your family of origin won't accept you, then it's like, you know, you have a chosen family of friends and in their case, um, paying listeners. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, we are a family. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I just, I hate it. I don't, Mm. The trend. Well, now it's, it's like very disingenuous. I always thought like it was from, disingenuous, yeah, though. But now I'm like, oh shit, it really is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then coming up to okay, they have a network. Then they decided to put on basically their own convention. They started it last year, 2022. Yeah, and they did the first one in Columbus, Ohio, and yes. this year for Obsessed Fest too. They did it in Dallas, and which they- I think when we were gonna buy tickets which they got released on like December 2nd last year Uh in order to go on October Mm -hmm. 19th. I was like, damn, we're really planning ahead. Oh, I forgot about it. almost Because like we got the tickets. Yeah. I booked the Airbnb and then we didn't have to think about it. 10 months went by (laughs) and we're like, oh shit, we have to go to Dallas this weekend. (laughs) Well, I think at one point we like bought plane tickets and shit, but we just kept, it was like, it just kept being so far away. Yeah. And then suddenly it wasn't. So Katie and I went to Obsessed Fest. Yes. 
Um, and it was like, uh, honestly, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, um, it was, okay. People like really raved about the last one. So I feel like when they were talking about it, we were like, well, we don't want to miss out. You know, like it sounds really fun. Yeah. And I know you and you like this podcast. It's kind of hard to have friends who like the same podcast because you listen to them alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was like, oh, this will be fun for us to do. Yeah. And there were different tiers of tickets you could get. Oh, yeah. Get into the tiers because those will be important later on. Is last year, the way that they sold tickets was on Indiegogo. Oh, interesting. So they had a goal. They said they wanted to raise $350,000. Okay. So, but while you were like um, donating or whatever you want to call it. So regular admission was $150. Okay. And so like that doesn't get you into the, any of the live shows. You just basically get to go for the day and go to panels and anything that is not extra ticketed. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing is Fest Admission Plus. So see, I looked this up on Indiegogo mm-hmm. and like you can't click on anything anymore because it's over. Yeah. So I don't really know what comes with Fest Admission Plus, but that's $176. Maybe it was like Fest Admission Plus live shows? Maybe one live show. Yeah. Because then Obsessed Package was 200 And so I think that was probably both live shows. Okay. So All they right. did um, TCO Live and um, Obsessed with Disappeared, which became a podcast called I Think Not. And after Patrick left... Uh... Replacing Patrick was another Broadway performer friend of Ellen's named Joey Taranto. And I think they were in Kinky Boots together, and that's how they knew each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think you and I talked about like whether we still listened when they got Joey. And you, I remember telling me, yeah. you were like, I don't know, their energy is like too similar now. And so like, I just stopped listening. You stopped listening. Yeah. Their energy was really similar. And um, like, honestly, and I'll probably get like some kind of flack for this, but I loved the fact that Patrick would like take the piss out of Ellen. Really? <laughs> I'd, well, cause I've had so many as like a gay person, yeah. I've had so many like female friendships with women that are like, where that. it's kind of like that. Hi, Ellen Mars. Hi, Patricia. Oh, you're in a real mood today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Obsessed (laughs) with Disappeared. It's like you just like you get real bawdy. Yeah. And that's kind of like what made that show different, too. Yeah. Like he's not doing that with Jillian. Oh, no. With Jillian, he is always on tenterhooks because I feel like she gets offended really easily. I don't feel like that. I know that. He said that. Remember when he was like. Oh, they said tits on this show. And I yeah. think like, I can't say tits in front of Jillian. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah, he's very like protective of her in a strange way. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, so do you have any examples of how he would take the piss out of Ellen? Well, I he don't talked, remember that. He talked about like wanting to fuck her ex-husband a lot. Oh, and yeah. her ex-husband, like it she all I remember is their divorce. Involved a restraining order and like multiple non-divorce court dates. She has lots of stories about the shitty stuff that her. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Her ex-husband and her share a child together. So they like sort of have to have a relationship, but it's one of her ex long-term ex-boyfriends, I think 
where she was talking about the narcissistic abuse. And then also she like dated Robbie Williams. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so they might not be talking about him, but also they might, I don't know. No, I, yeah, actually I never thought right? about if they were talking. No, because her ex boyfriend, post husband, he had a, Oh, Patrick always used to talk about his body, yaddy, yaddy. And then he would oh, always yeah. like completely like get really into her ex-boyfriend while she was trying to explain what an awful person he was. Oh, which I, okay, I do remember I enjoying that. I thought it was kind that. of funny. I know. It was, <laughs> no, it, it seemed like that's their relationship. It's yeah. basically, it's like, Ruben. you know, they just find ways and to so like, And so then that's yeah. why she would be like, Patricia. Exactly. And I was like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. You can tell you're listening to a relationship that has like 20 years of history behind it. So yeah. it kind of made it okay. Feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then Joey joins and he doesn't talk to Ellen like that. And we're like, we don't like it anymore. <laughs> yes. I, but, I really like Joey Taranto and I think he's talented, but it just the dynamic wasn't what I liked. Well, I think they were trying to get into it, get used to it. They yeah. They were still beginning. And because um, when we saw them over the weekend we were there, I really liked them. Oh, my God. I thought their show was so fun. That fucking video in the beginning, yes. Linda yeah. Gay. Yeah. Holy Shit, that was some funny ass shit. Yeah, I, it was really, really funny. I hope and, they uh, put it online because I've. I we should look for it, it on YouTube. Back to the tears. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh Um, and then for some reason, like the next tier is called Pick Your Own Live Shows, and it's four hundred and seventy-five dollars. Oh. Who knows? Then the next one yeah. is eight hundred and twenty-five, and this and is... it's called See It All. But see, like I said, this I is last click. year. Yeah. I'm getting confused because this this year was different. So this is last year. Got it. Um, super tickets are 550, and then there's VIP tickets. Well, what the fuck are you doing all these that tiers are 1, for? One thousand one hundred dollars. Like you don't even have like at this point, you don't even have a festival yet. You're Indiegogo going to see if there's enough interest, and now yes. you've got all these tiers already. What yes. the hell? So then I saw in the email about the upcoming Obsessed Fest this year, they were like. We heard from you that there uh-huh. were too many tears. Oh, got it. So yes. this year the tears were um, Obsessed Package, which I think is like regular. Mm-hmm. Then Obsessed Plus Drag. Yeah. Premium Package and Premium Liberty. Patrick has this mm-hmm. penchant for adding <laughs> Liberty to the ends of things ever since... One episode, I think it was about um, it was about a bra- Erica Jane, or somebody like that, where it was about, and he just got obsessed with the idea of uh, there being a Bravo liberty. That's yeah. what they call people on Bravo, and uh, so he started adding liberty to everything. So right. this is an outgrowth of that. Yeah, and so um, I mean, when we were buying tickets, we were like, yeah, we want to see the live shows, we want to go to the thing, and we want to go to drag, we want to go to everything, mm-hmm. but like this premium liberty thing, um. So our tickets were like $300. Yeah. And Premium Liberty, I kept thinking uh-huh. while I was listening to other people's podcasts about it. Yeah. Was like double the price? No. It was $1,200. $1,200. Yes. It's $300 uh-huh. times four. Yeah. Wh- why? I don't know. And the thing that it seemed to add was that they got to have a cocktail party with like the the hosts. Yeah. Where they bought their own drinks. Apparently, yeah. There were, like you would think for an extra 
like $800 off of like a base ticket price, yeah. you should at least have an open goddamn bar because, or a drink, t- like two drink tickets for free. Yeah, because if, okay, you also got like front row seating, the choice of like front row seating, but like based on everything else that you're getting, it just seems really crazy for the price to jump like that. Um, then you would think you'd get something. Yeah. <laughs> and know? well, and what they didn't get, mm-hmm. oh, they were also supposed to get this swag bag, yeah. which everybody on Reddit was like, it was like a cup. It was like a cup, a sticker, a bag that smelled like, uh, a, like oh. a, one of those stringy backpacks. I yes. actually don't know for a fact. I'm basing all of this on Reddit. Yeah, me too. But, um, yeah, they got like a cup and some stickers or a pin. I don't know. It just seemed really like grotty and, and there was a like a this girl is missing flyer so basically what you didn't get you didn't get like early access to meet and greets when they came up on the schedule which i absolutely think they should have yeah in order to because you had to sign up for meet and greets beforehand which katie and i didn't know about yeah so, <laughs> so we, we were like, like guess we can't guess do that we're not gonna meet anybody no there was a standby line i got in i know so yeah you figured it out when you were like well i really want to meet the red-handed girl so i'm gonna go like stand there and, and seriously then it worked i got within within 15 minutes that's amazing yeah so um so it didn't seem like for <laughs> For $1,200, you got pretty much nothing. I didn't feel like there was any thing we missed out on. Thing we missed out on. It's like, you know, especially if I was like having to buy my own drinks at a cocktail party, I would have been pissed. I would have too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like, I will never be the premium person. (laughs) Like, I just, who has that money? But I mean, some people did it and I think they were expecting a lot of value for their investment and they did not get that. I think they should expect to, yeah. Yeah. So I also just want to say, because I was trying to figure out like where the money went. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. So last year they, like their goal was $350,000, right? Yeah. So that must be how much it cost. To rent out the space is what I'm thinking. In Columbus, Ohio. In Columbus. And Dallas is, as we've learned, a ridiculously less, expensive city for yeah, what it is. Less desirable. Yeah. Uh, and what they ended up generating was $455,830. Okay. So I think, conservatively, after doing some research online... There was, like I told you, at the K. Bailey Hutchison Center. Very good. That's where it was. Yeah, that's where it was. It was like a giant convention center. It was, uh, it was basically a gigantic mausoleum. <laughs> yes. It was so ugly. But then you can rent out different parts of it so that mm-hmm. you're not paying for like the whole thing. You're paying for like whatever you need. Yeah. And so a school had rented it out for kind of like the same amount of time, like mm-hmm. two or three days. Um, but they only got like a small, they got like this small room and this small room and like it wasn't a huge thing. Like this had way more room. Yeah, yeah. And their thing cost $150,000. So this like easily, like what would you say? Like probably $250,000 at least? 250 Just for the venue. Or three hundred. dollars Yeah, I yeah. think they probably saved some money from the Columbus one. Uh-huh. Um. They, I mean, they also chose this. This place was really big, so it's possible it was the same. It's possible it was like three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and I think the reason they chose chose such a big place is just like pure hubris on yeah. Patrick's part. I'm just yeah. like, 
I really think maybe he thought the interest would be yeah. so much more than it was last year. Right. Which, I mean, makes sense. Yeah. Also makes sense for him. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think the place they got last year was smaller. And so then they were like, oh, my God, we got all these people that are going to come back. Uh-huh. Let's get a bigger place. Yeah. Um, which had the effect of, at least in my experience and with some of the other people that I spoke to, uh, who had gone last year, it just felt very sedate. Like the energy wasn't there because it was just like, it was like bigger and there was like more empty space. There was more empty space. There was more distance between people and they really did overshoot what they expected because there was like, even in, I think not, there were empty seats behind us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and definitely at the TCO, TCO yeah. show. Okay, so I had I can't see how many tickets, like, got sold. Uh-huh. I thought maybe I could. Yeah. Um, but, like, as an example, last year they sold or, like, only reserved mm-hmm. 20 VIP tickets. Okay. The highest tier. And then the ones that were also expensive, it was, like, there were only, like, 50 each of... Super tickets and obsessed VIP plus drag. Do you? But honestly, don't you think if more people wanted to buy, yeah, twelve hundred dollars, they would they would fucking sell it to them. Come on. So I don't know if there was only uh twenty premium liberty people this year, but like maybe and probably not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, I'm still mystified as to why anybody would have bought that. But once again, you make your choices. Okay, so moving on. I was just thinking, like, how much does this cost? And where is the money going? Because they still got people to volunteer to work it? Yeah, they, okay, the volunteers were unpaid. Right. They had to pay for their own parking. Yeah. Like, all their own. No stipend for that. They literally got nothing except the pleasure of basking in Patrick and Jillian's uh, dubious company, apparently. Did they get to bask in that? I don't know. I mean. Because I was thinking they probably just had to like sit at that registration table. Yeah. Or like handle like a group, like one particular podcaster or group of podcasters to like show them where to go and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're not covering the cost of many things. Yeah. Also, I read that um, because it's attached to a hotel, if you're blocking out a bunch of rooms for your people and mm-hmm. you're like basically promising them more money. Um, they'll give you a deal on renting out the convention center. Yeah. So that's why I came up with $250,000. Cause I don't think that they spent more than they spent in Ohio. And <laughs> it seems cheap in Dallas. It's uh, I thought Dallas was expensive. Oh, being at a convention center is expensive. Yeah. Oh, you being at a convention center and being at a hotel, a hotel downtown. Yes. Like everything was just expensive. Yes. But that yeah, you was might a be right. tourist trap. Yeah. You know? Totally. That, yeah. I spent way too much money. I couldn't believe that then I got in line to buy merch too. But I was like, that looks like a nice sweatshirt. And it was, and it was so fucking cold. It was cold so fucking cold. In that place. And you, you said, it's like, yeah, so they can, people will buy hoodies. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. And we are doing that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like my hoodie. Yeah, I like my hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a souvenir of uh, an experience that uh, was indelible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone writes an article. James Renner. About the Obsessed Network. Yeah. And it's called Obsessed Pest. And it's posted on James Renner's like kind of personal website. Now, 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk about James Renner. Let's talk a little bit about James Renner. Okay. James Renner is, um, okay, so James Renner is the a journalist, a crime journalist, and the author of the book True Crime Addict, I believe, mm. uh, where he talks about his experience. He's he's basically used to, uh, used to run a website about the Maura Murray case and was basically talked a lot of shit, really angered the family, got a lot of people you know, sort of harassing the family uh, would just like wildly speculate about what was going, what had gone on with Maura. I think at one point he called her like Maura Murray is a psychopath. It's like, you don't fucking really? know that. Yeah. Because Maura Murray is a psychopath because there's one picture of her after she got, um, I think she got, it's like a mugshot or something. Cause she was a troubled young woman who did some like yeah. wrong things. She's the one who like went missing and she had like all that alcohol in her car. She had all the alcohol. So, and then before I mean, I don't that, think she, everything was going great for her. You know, No, she was not happy in her life. Right. A lot was going on, but anyway, but yeah, she is like, it felt gone. Like, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this for James Renner. He like does, Besides the wild speculation, at least in terms of the actual case, he totally does like stick to facts. He had a very detailed timeline on his website. For the subsection network thing? No, for the Maura Murray thing. Oh, okay. So like, I think he's a legit journalist and um, the article Obsessed Pest basically, how should we say this, detailed some some, uh, profound unhappiness. In the network. In the network with uh, various podcasters, uh, specifically related to, uh, as aforementioned, um, Ellen Marsh and Joey Taranto's podcast, I think not. Um, And also some of uh, Patrick's sort of just behavior as a boss, some of the like racially problematic things he said. Generally, he's he spoke to this on the podcast. He's a dramatic person who has a tendency towards meltdowns. It's part of the brand. Mm -hmm. But... Working for that, I think, is very difficult. When you're in charge and you're having meetings or whatever, I mean, nobody wants the boss to have meltdowns and yell at everyone in the meeting. Yeah. And it seems like he, the impression I get is that he has these whims. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have to, like, he immediately wants something done. Yeah. And then, like, if it can't get done, he'll, like, get mad at you. Uh-huh. The person who's telling him that for no reason. So he's like a kill the messenger type, it seems. I've definitely worked with people like that. Yeah. And it just uh, erratic an yeah. erratic boss. And like, you know, we'll get to Daisy Egan in a second. But um, because. OK. Yeah. Some of the things she says about totally align with the article that James Renner wrote. So. Well, so I remember in the article. Yeah. There was someone in the article who was like, I started a podcast with the Obsessed Network they told me I didn't generate enough revenue. Um, and so I don't remember if that meant they were canceling it or they were like, we don't have any income for you. Oh, here it is. One host whose contract stated, this is from the article by James Renner. Mm-hmm. One host whose contract stated that they would earn a percentage of ad revenue, never saw a statement and never received any funds directly from the ads. She was told the show was not popular enough for her to earn money from it, and her contract was soon changed so that ad revenue was no longer a part of it at all. Growth did not increase her pay. Which is, like, so, kind of a word salad to me. Yeah, I don't... and so if she never got paid, that podcast must have ended, right? Yeah. 
So from what I know, Maggie Freeling had a podcast and hers ended. Hers was called Murder and Alliance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they mention it earlier in the article, like which ones. It's a Murder and Alliance hosted by journalist Maggie Freeling, mm-hmm. Strange and Unexplained hosted by Daisy Egan, and Crimes of the Centuries with Amber Hunt. But Murder and Alliance... Is over. Is over. Was that like a limited series though? or I have no idea because it didn't sound interesting to I'm... me. <laughs> Actually, none of the other ones sound interesting no. to me, to tell you the absolute well, truth. Well, the reason that I'm there yeah. is not these pot, like these other podcasts are created like for a different reason than the reason that I'm there. I mean, the or only one I've listened to is Strange and Unexplained, which yeah. is like, I listened to the first episode. It yeah, was okay. Yeah. It didn't draw me in. I bet it's like way better now because she's been doing this for a while. Well, of course, she did an episode on Jean Bonnet. Oh, she did. And I listened to that recently. How was it? Um, so the way that she hosts her podcast is she'll be like, here's a fact. Here's a fact. Here's a fact. And then she'll be like, but I mean, we're all speculating who killed Jean Bonnet. Mm-hmm. One of the speculations by the cops is Jean Bonnet wet the bed all the time. Yeah. So she wet the bed and Patsy got so mad mm-hmm. that she like hit her over the head with something like accidentally. Yeah. Out of rage. Yeah. And so then Daisy would be like, which I guess could happen, but uh-huh. also just seems really intense. Yeah. So she'd yeah. say that, mm-hmm. and then like there'd be some things that she would say, because um, there's also a lot of misinformation about that case. Oh, okay. Um, in like the about, podcast or just in general? In general, like okay. about the stun gun. Yeah. On Jean Bonnet. Uh, like no one can actually agree that that was a stun gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was rumored that Burke Ramsey had those high-tech boots. Okay. Uh, and then a lot of times written places, it'll be like, no one in the house had high-tech boots. Yeah. And she like repeated that. And I was like, well, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Like, and Patsy did show up a few days later to pick shit up and uh-huh. they just fucking let her do it. Well, during... I immediately in the aftermath there were like 1600 people in that house like the Ramses yeah, invited their fucking friends over once they found the body they still yeah. did a shitty job yeah <laughs> so it's possible burke had high tech boots and that was his boot and like patsy took them and like got rid of them yeah i think i like her hosting something when i don't know anything about it yeah because she'll like vacillate between sides mm-hmm which makes sense. It makes her like an impartial person. Yeah. Um, but then when I know everything about JonBenet, I'm just kind of like, okay, this. Um... You're JonBenet saturated. Yeah. I'm also yeah. like, this podcast is unsatisfying for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing new for you to learn at this point, probably. Unfortunately. No, yeah. I should stop listening to podcasts about JonBenet. <laughs> yeah. I remember I used to be on the. Um, unresolved mysteries reddit i was really into it for a while like uh a couple years ago and they hacked the mods were like we will not accept posts about jean benet for six months because everything was devolving into a conversation like it'll be a totally unrelated case and it would would devolve into a huge thread about jean benet to the point where people were like shut the fuck up about her uh-huh you know nothing i six-year-old murder victim like no, nothing I against know, it but it would be but like it was well, just how like, does this always devolve into this seriously every thread at a certain point was devolving into like jean benet speculation yeah so anyway well so then the rest of this article is about 
uh, people that he interviewed in times where he was, I'd say, unreasonable. Um, like one example was Heinz treatment of Olivia Gunderson, an office assistant. Patrick made it clear she would be fired because he just didn't like her. Yeah, yeah. It had nothing to do with her performance or work ethic. He just didn't like her, so he would scream at her. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? Just, just, just fire her. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like somebody and you're the head of the company, I mean, I think it's fine to fire her, but don't be like an asshole about it. Yeah, seriously. You know? Yeah, just be like, you know, you're not a fit for the culture, whatever. Uh Uh-huh. You know? I don't get it. Uh, So this was published October 3rd. So these are the rumblings that are happening as we go into Obsessed Fest. And Obsessed Fest starts October... We got there Thursday, October 18th, We got there the 19th, and then it started the 20th. And it went to uh, early Sunday, the 22nd. Second, yeah. 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 Uh, But also, also, I want to say, I started going on, like I said, the the Obsessed Network Reddit, um, because I'm not on Facebook, and I never will be. Um, No, I fucking hate it but so i went there just to be like hey what are people saying and it's mm-hmm. like you know i expected it just to be like you know what's this episode about and you know patrick and jillian are great but no it was mm-hmm. a lot like you know the podcast isn't the same and a lot of people were talking about jillian specifically being really and i'm i know this is not a nice way to refer to a woman but strident they said that she was getting really strident and super, like I said, performatively social justice-y. Oh. And I like, I appreciate her rage to is a point. Is that what strident means? Because yeah. Because you were like, this is not a nice word to say about a woman. Strident. <laughs> well, like, it's like, word it's like calling a woman like histrionic. It's just like these, okay. it's, it's one of those old words okay. that people use to characterize women who are being like, quote unquote, unreasonable. Yeah. And I like really appreciate her rage usually, but it was just starting to like, it's performative. Like it's performative said. and everything was making her angry. It was like, okay, now rage is your brand and you're overdoing it. I know. Yeah. And um, so some people were starting to get a little dissatisfied. You know, they weren't happy with like the quality of the podcast and they weren't happy with the fact that like you couldn't say anything slightly critical in the Facebook, in the group. Facebook group. Yeah. The mods like we said. It. Yeah. So it was sort of or, like an overflow. Do you remember overflow. there was a post where someone said... Oh, I had COVID, so I binge listened to TCO all weekend and yeah. like, I posted it or something. And it's like totally positive uh-huh. about the podcast. Yeah. And Patrick wrote her a note and was like, hey, I couldn't publish your post because it mentioned COVID. And what? she was like, what? Why? Because, wait, they were mentioning COVID on the podcast repeatedly. Dude, so, I don't know. Whatever. I, that's so weird. Yeah. Anyway, so Facebook so is very think, curated. Yeah, yeah, I think like they'd be like, "Why well, don't like this?" <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Um. Uh. So then also, what I couldn't parse out until I read it in this James Renner article is that I think not did leave the network, and apparently, I don't know if this is in the article. Um. But what I think I gleaned from the Reddit group is what do you call it a reddit forum i don't i'm so old it's a subreddit uh, from the subreddit yes. thank you katie mm-hmm. yeah um was that also he owned the rights 
to right. Obsessed with Disappeared, which became I Think Not. And so he sold it back to them for some, or was going to sell it back to them for some like exorbitant amount. I've heard like well, $3 million. And I'm like, that sounds insane. But there was a girl uh-huh. who went to New York on a trip. Yeah. This is, um, this was, she posted in the Reddit, the uh-huh. subreddit. Uh-huh. Uh, she went on a trip and she was just like, Hoping she would run into anyone from TCO or I think not because uh-huh. she's such a fan. Yeah. And one night she was at Five Napkin Burger. Uh huh. And she heard. <laughs> no, it's just from your your ability table. to retain <laughs> I know. internet information is absolutely fascinating. Well, I remember me. being like Five Napkin Burger. That's in like Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. You know, like over on Ninth Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been there. So like in my brain I like physically pictured it uh-huh. and I was like, mm-hmm, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I could see where you're like, this is like a mid restaurant. Like it's nice, but it's also not too nice. Yeah. So you just kinda go there. Um so I guess she's at a table. She hears a conversation from a nearby table and it's Ellen. She like recognizes the voice. Seriously? And Ellen is like talking loudly about leaving the network and just being like, "Um, I've been treated like shit, blah, blah, blah. I've been yelled at and now I'm going to leave. And Patrick has quoted me $3 million in order to buy the intellectual property oh, for so my it, podcast. So it does come from like something at least. It came from that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so many weird facts in this story that I feel like it's true. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, w- what would motivate a poster? To write that? To be like, yeah. yeah. I mean, to ha- make you're not going to get, I don't know. People are starving for attention everywhere. But I, I mean, know. it's just like, it's very specific. Very you know, it's five napkin burger, Ellen Marsh, three million dollars. Uh, I don't know. It's like so. I don't think they purchased it for three million dollars, but I think no. That I think that was, was quoted because he wanted to screw him over, you know, and just really make it difficult for them to like have their own intellectual property. But was he also threatening to fire Ellen? Like, I keep going back and forth from does he? see the value in the podcast or is he like get the fuck out i don't like you you know i mean i don't know maybe we're trying to think that patrick makes logical decisions Mm -hmm. that are based on like financial data and like you know listener data and stuff like that and i think it's all it really is all about whims who he likes at that moment i just think Generally, the impression I get from this article is that he is emotionally erratic mm-hmm. and like it doesn't matter what the numbers say. He'll just be like, I hate you. You get out. Do you think he needs like a mood stabilizer or something? He probably needs what we're on. I think he yeah. would really like that. I um, I recommend it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Probably like a nice, nice fat dose, too. He probably has no idea why his... Why he's so emotional. Like, he probably has no idea how he swings so far, It's so fast. It's probably, either he has, like, a mood disorder and can't control it. Yeah. Or this is how he's gotten things throughout his entire life. By, like, throwing temper tantrums and making threats. And it works. And so, like, that's what he does. And he seems to have a person who has very little self-insight. Yeah. You know, it, like, doesn't really examine his behavior. No. Yeah. And... You know how there are people who will start like really shitty things and yeah. just 
double down on and it. And just kind of like, obviously TCO is not shitty, but mm-hmm. I, you'll see people like we did it, like in the improv community. Yeah. Um, who seem to have no second guess about like, should I keep doing this thing that I'm doing that we are all like, no, you're bad at it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. the way that you have blind confidence. Uh huh. A lot of blind, a lot of blind confidence, a lot of Dunning-Kruger. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like people are so stupid. They don't know how stupid they are and therefore they think they're great. I love that. Yeah. I'm not saying that Patrick is stupid. I just think it's amazing. Yeah. But I think that there's a a little piece of that. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 And honestly, it's just, it's a lack of self-examination and I don't want to call him a narcissist. A lot of Uh people have been doing that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know him, but from the way his behavior has been represented, it seems, he seems like a person who is like, it's always everybody else's fault. Yeah. Like he doesn't. Yeah. It's like somebody else is being dramatic. He's a projector. Yes. Yeah. That's the impression I get. So we read this article. Um, we know now yes. that there's tension between Patrick, maybe Jillian, and the two hosts of I Think Not, mm-hmm. Ellen and Joey. And the Obsessed Network Reddit in the lead up to going Obsessed Fest. Uh, Fest is like just like, what was that? Like rubbing their hands together like they in anticipation. To see. I did a post where it's like, I'm going to Obsess Fest. I'm going to keep a journal about it. I'll report back. Really? And this is before everything happened. And it got so many likes. I was like, it was literally two lines. And um, of course I didn't because I'm lazy. And Oh, but I like, remember you being like, I'm going to go write in my journal right now. But I never did. <laughs> oh, you didn't? No, I think I took a nap. Oh, I know. You wrote on it on the plane before anything had happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I completely ditched the project. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was exhausting. It was, There was yeah. something about this, that weekend that was exhausting. And we're still recovering. I, um, was not a frequenter of the subreddit. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had no idea whether there was tension in the air. Yeah. But now looking back, I'm like, maybe that's why I was so exhausted. No, you could be absolutely right. Because I was surprised when we were at Obsessed Fest like, first of all, the like the opening ceremonies or whatever. That was surprising. It was weird because it was just Patrick and the two and the nonprofits. Drag, yeah, and the drag queens. Well, the there were like three were dancers. And they danced. Yeah, yeah, they were great. Then there was the guy from Patreon who like showed up in sweatpants. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Patrick. Uh-huh. But it uh, last year... Yeah. From what I've what I've been told. Yes. Is that, you know, they uh, what makes sense to me is that, you know, he had all the podcasters get on stage and it was like, you know, I, I feel like, like that's like get natural. Excited. Get it. Yeah. You want to get people excited. So after we went to that, I was kind of like, what are we doing here? Were you? I was like, oh, my God, I want to fall asleep. Oh, I'm starting to get hungry. Yeah. And yeah, you could yeah. feel it. I could. Yeah. yeah. And I was just kind of like, that was such a lackluster it was really Opening. it was really lackluster and i felt I, I don't know but i was just like it just makes perfect sense to like you have everybody come out yeah you know and i know some people like maybe couldn't get there until like but their you day have most of the people yeah most of the people and then and part of it i think was they got a lot of flack for holding it in dallas uh-huh. so i think 
they wanted to have in top of mind that it's like, yes, we're having it in Dallas, but our purpose for this is to like, right. This you know, is where he talked about fun Dallas abortion or whatever. It's yeah. <laughs> Was it fun Dallas abortion? Um, I have a, a drink koozie that oh, okay. says it on there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's called, yeah. Like fun Dallas. And the only word I can think of next is abortion. Okay. Yeah. No, I think you're right. You know, supporting. And a lot of it was just like, we're trying to like really justify this choice we made that was probably for fucking financial reasons. Yeah. Quite frankly, we got a deal. It's in Texas. And now we have to like backpedal a little bit and be like, no, we wanted to do it because, you know. We're supporting fun Texas abortion. Exactly. We did this for a reason because, you know, we Uh need to be a queer presence in Dallas. I'm like, fine. Okay, whatever. This shit's expensive and it's a huge undertaking. And so I understand it's like you kind of need to have it in like the most sort of, first of all, the most financially viable location and then kind of the most central location. So hopefully they're looking at, you know, the numbers of like where most of their listeners are. And it's like, you know, they have it in a centralized location Yeah, that, you know, as many people as possible can kind of make it to relatively conveniently. But yeah, and then like even Jillian didn't come out. That's what I thought that was, was weird. weird. Yeah, totally. I was like, oh, we don't get to see her. I was just, I just kind of felt like a loser, to be honest. I was like, why am I here? Really? I think because um, the auditorium didn't seem packed. Either. No, there I was, was like, not a lot of people. Maybe this is a dumb thing to come to. Maybe yeah. we should have just. You know, slept longer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it was the opening thing. So it's like, you know, we wanted to go. Yeah. And it was like at 11. So I know it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. But um, yeah, so that kind of like just started off the whole festival kind of in a weird way. You're like, what the fuck? So I think for you who had more knowledge, insider knowledge, you're probably like, Something is happening. And I was like, someone get me a burger. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm we starved. And then we quickly did. Well, we tried to go to Drag Bingo after that. Oh, yeah. But it was it crowded. It was just, like super full. And then we went to the Israel Keys thing, and that's yeah. when I could feel it's like Katie needs protein. <laughs> well, I was sitting there like, mm hmm, yes, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm back in school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was fascinating because I don't know that much about Israel Keys. And he was, I don't know, true kind bullshit, I think. Yeah. Was the guy. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, this is really interesting. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, but it, well, just so, that is to say there was like, there was a pall, a uh, weird atmosphere, a vibe well, over the weekend. Well, let's move on to the red handed recap of it. Oh, it, yes. Because I have thoughts. Okay. Mm. So, uh, Red Handed did a, a Patreon episode about Obsessed Fest, and I in, think in their it was, um, in their uh, one of their Patreon under the duvet under the duvet, yeah. yeah, And I thought that they were. I actually thought they were pretty diplomatic, and they were like, "Look, look, ladies, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna tell you what this was like." Uh huh. And so they said the minute that they showed up. People mm-hmm. were trying to get them on their side. Kind of recruit Which them. I do not doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure um, Ellen keeps saying in Reddit and on her podcast and blah, 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 that it that she didn't do that. Okay, well, I yeah, think Just because someone, she didn't do it doesn't mean like yeah, everybody else wasn't trying to. Yeah, someone on her side did. Yeah. And someone on Patrick and Jillian's side did. Mm-hmm. We went to Patrick's book reading signing book when we went to the reading we also went to the reading and both of them were sparsely attended and we went to the 
book signing the meet and greet Mm -hmm. and there was nobody Nobody there they're like we'll totally get you in yes come 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 that energy was really weird it was very like head up and sort of nervous and weird yeah yeah and also what we steve was standing there like okay now you can go yeah yeah yeah. and he talked to us and it was very nice yeah yeah. from denver Mm -hmm. hello oh denver oh did you know red-handed was just in denver yeah oh okay ha 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 but also like (laughs) when you talk to someone who it has so much anxiety no it was true his like his eyes were like fucking pinwheels yeah yeah both of them were both because, of them because it's like i didn't bring my book yeah to be signed and he was like uh do you have any um he was natalie was there so his handler was there yeah and uh do you have any book plates she was like no but he was like just go get a book plate and i'm happy to sign it just find me find my assistant and like oh. they were very like eager to like kind of be yeah. and like I, welcoming and nice and like right. to an extent where I was like okay calm down okay yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's, thought, it's you fine know, we're you're, not that you're great. great yeah <laughs> yeah uh, like when I got up there I hadn't thought of anything to say and I said oh I wish I had thought of something cool to say yeah yeah, yeah. and he was like that's it that's the cool thing <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. like okay yeah <laughs> no me too i was like all right no there was just like a real chaotic energy yeah to that moment so this was saturday afternoon i believe because i think not show was on friday night correct correct okay so saturday afternoon um uh katie and i oh, go see the yeah event. katie and i well katie and i go see the red-handed live show and then after that is supposed to be karaoke with uh no you know what i went to oh what steve i've been duped oh how was that okay so that was yes oh yay now i know looking back that that was coming right off the heels of like the thing that happened Uh uh-huh um, and so you're at the red-handed live thing and I'm like, well, I want to know what this Steve, I've been duped thing is. And I haven't gotten to see Jillian at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And so this is going to be Patrick, Jillian and Steve. Yeah. And, um, and it was fun and they did their banter and stuff, but, um, they were once again, highly anxious. Yeah. The energy was up here and it was like, oh, and I went, I went, I went, I went. It it's was just like and, that. And they're kind of like, their energy is up there anyway, but there was like no confidence in that energy I felt with either. Anytime I saw them individually or together, there was just like, there was a chaos. Yeah. A Bruin. And they were just sort of trying to cope. That's the impression I Well, and I then got. I found out later that, yeah, this was the panel that happened right after the Ellen and Tara confrontation. The Ellen and Tara confrontation. All right. Let's get into it. We have some research material uh-huh. that has been provided by a redditor called, uh, I just want to like give credit where credit's due, um, uh, TCOON Obsessed Fest Drama Cliff Notes. Um, and so this is kind of what we're basing our impressions on. It is very detailed. Um, At approximately 11 a.m. on Saturday, all hell broke loose. A large crowd overheard Tara Newell. Where, wait, I'm sorry. Where are you getting this? I, the, I just want to be. At the beginning, it's like Thursday and then Friday and then you get to Saturday and it says, holy shit, y'all. We somehow made it this far. Oh, okay. Also, this is, um, this is a, a Cliff Notes by Erica Bennett, who has no affiliation with the Obsessed Network or any of the podcasts. Just a fan who wrote up a summary of events. So credit where credit's due. At approximately 11 a.m. on Saturday, 
all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. A large, Honestly, this, this, this is, is the tone, my friends. This is the tone uh, of this like, entire thing. Literally hardly anything happened. All hell broke loose. Okay. A large crowd overheard Tara Newell, the woman who took down Dirty John, which is what I've been telling everyone in my life. I'm like, I was at a festival with the woman who took down Dirty John. Yeah. And she acted crazy. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, actually, I don't know if she was that crazy, but I think like she looks crazy. You're going to get in public. so much trouble for calling a woman crazy. I'm not even going to tell you, but fuck it. People are crazy. Women are crazy. Men are crazy. Everybody's, yeah, crazy. everybody's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that she is of Dirty John murder fame. Yeah. Uh, granted, it was in self-defense. Everybody's really glad that she killed him. Uh-huh. Um, she did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, Tara Newell. Good job. Yeah. Okay, so the woman who took down Dirty John now runs a podcast with her boyfriend and fellow trauma survivor, which Collier I believe is called Landry, which I uh, Collar Landry, which I believe is called Survivor Squad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's emerging from an elevator while screaming "fuck you, bitch" at Ellen, who was apparently in the same elevator. Truly, it'll be easier to let Ellen explain it in her own words. May I read Ellen? Yeah. So all now, right. screenshot of Ellen. Okay, Facebook. Ellen Marie Marsh. Uh, all right. Um, hi everyone. This is Ellen Marie Marsh's Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Hi, everyone. I regret to inform you that Joe and I will not be attending the rest of our programming today in Dallas. I was verbally accosted in the elevator by two hosts who I do not know by sight, who I have never met, and who no longer have programming today. I fulfilled my first two obligations and asked for them to be removed from the premises to protect my safety. The convention refused. They also escorted our producer, who has the last name Harris, I believe, uh, off the premises when she was attempting to inform the meet and greet line that we were moving to the hotel lobby. So to protect my mental and physical safety, we will be meeting everyone who wants a picture in the hotel lobby from 3 p.m. on. Uh, and we can do karaoke tonight at the Roundup, which is a karaoke bar local to Dallas. And it's um, a gay bar. And Oh, I didn't, yeah, and it's a gay bar. Yeah. Um, well, cool, so... Cool. Uh, this reminded me, um, I'm at Steve, I've been duped. Uh Uh-huh. I think it's at two or something. You're at Red Handed Live. Which is also at two. And you're in the big main auditorium. Yeah. And then we plan to meet there after at three for karaoke. Uh Uh-huh. And we just keep being like, God, no one is showing up. It was really weird. We were like, I thought everyone would want to do karaoke. Well, and then I believe it was Steve did like another like chaotically enthusiastic announcement. It's like, hey, if you haven't, if you want to sing and haven't signed up, just come see me backstage or something. It was like very much. Did you see him? do that no i heard it but i feel it it felt like his voice okay yeah yeah so i think nathan and i just looked at each other and we were like we would like to take a nap no yeah we were like (laughs) nobody's here i'm tired what the hell is this we want to like take a nap and then come back for the shit hits the fan and katie and nathan take a nap go take yeah exactly it's totally par for the course we had no idea we had no idea but after our nap uh we learn uh, about the we go on Reddit. We go on and Reddit. We read about. How it. did we learn? Like, how did we know? You to... were the one reading about it on Reddit, and you were like, "Oh my God, guess what?" I don't know how I like knew to find out though. Maybe it was just like I a think, psychic impression. Well, I was I like, think, something happened. I think all in the weekend ether. you were like, "I'm gonna go check the Reddit." Oh, maybe. I think yeah. you were. Oh, okay. I don't remember, but probably. And yeah, 
that just never occurred to me. And I don't know why. I think because I wasn't like a frequenter of it before the fest. Well, I had done a post. And you had been on there. So then we read about um, basically that Tara and Ellen were in the elevator together. And Tara said, hey, you've made my life like really difficult the past few months. Yeah. This is where I have things to say. Oh, okay. Because so do I. And Ellen said back, oh, what's your name? Because mm-hmm. she like didn't know who she was talking to. Yeah. She thought it was a fan. She thought it was going to be a joke. Yeah. She thought like it was like, you've made my life really difficult lately because I'm listening to your podcast all the so- yeah. time. And my husband here is just like, hey, what about me? Hey, what something, about me? Just yeah. something she, really She said cheesy. this on her like Rabia podcast. Basically in her words. Ellen says on Facebook, Mm -hmm. Tara said, you've caused no end of drama for us the past months. Mm -hmm. I was running. This is Ellen now speaking. I was running to my panel, putting on my shoes in the elevator and thought she was a down bitch and joking that we had made her laugh at work or something like that. The way I do to any listener. (laughs) (laughs) She told me her name and the wheels turned and I said, OMG. Hi. Nice to meet you. You know, because you hear Tara Newell, if you're in true crime world, you know who she is. Yeah. Then she started yelling that my life drama has affected her life. Then her boyfriend, who I've never seen in my life. This is Collar Landry. Yeah. uh, Started saying I made James Renner come after them. James will attest to our interaction. Then I said, I'm sorry you've been affected by that, but I don't know who you are. I said this. I said this probably 10 or 15 times as I was very uncomfortable and felt attacked as she kept yelling. Uh, One of the times I said, I didn't know who they were. The man yelled, the something Memphis murders, Google it. What what is happening here? Suddenly it's devolved into making absolutely no sense. Yeah. Okay. uh, Collier, she calls him Collander, then said I yelled at Jillian in the green room. I avoided Jillian in the green room, hugged Tyler, Jillian's handler, and got my lunch and left. No words were exchanged. Not even a glance or eye contact was made. Then the line chaos witnessed by all transpired. The line? What is line chaos? I know. She's going into her panel, and people are standing in line waiting, and Tara, like, shouts across the room, the large room where people are lining up. Yeah. Yeah fucking bitch like just basically like a whole bunch of like expletives yeah and i will i will say this Uh uh-huh if i were in an elevator and it was like because terra nuo is super tiny right um but even if it was me and a guy and his boyfriend and we were having this interaction first in an enclosed space yeah and then this person just starts yelling expletives at me as I'm leaving the elevator and won't stop, which is what seems like what happened. I would fear for my mental and physical safety as well. I mean, this is, that's just, it's beyond the pale. Yeah. Hannah and Saruti. Hannah and Saruti, who are the hosts of Red Handed. They detail all of this on their Patreon episode. Yeah, and, and they did said, they did an episode almost immediately. Yeah. Like on maybe the Monday or Tuesday after the events. Yeah. So and they, they jumped on it. Are saying, you know, they don't have um they don't take a side. Um, but then they witnessed like Ellen and the people with her, her posse, 
just like loudly leaving the convention. Yeah. So once Ellen did this panel, then she was like, I have to get out of here. Yeah. You know? um, and so then it did kind of just, there was an echo chamber, I would say, on Reddit and social media of like supporting Ellen because yeah. Ellen is the one who got yelled at. Well, first, I just want to mention that Joey Taranto, Ellen's podcast partner, I guess, was around. Yeah. And like, saw them of get off the elevator or something. Saw and them so then, like, approach Tara and Collier. Approach Tara and Collier. And there is a TikTok or some kind of video. It's just a video that went Just on a Reddit. video. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, um, I'll link it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a video where he is talking to Tara. Tara is, I would characterize her as extremely upset. Go away. Go And is uh, basically saying, go away, go away, go away, go like repeatedly while he seems to be like there's nothing aggressive in his posture. No, Uh, he's trying to like talk through the situation. And it seems like, you know, I mean, he's probably really shocked, too. And so he's just doing his best. But there was nothing aggressive in his posture. Um, And so. There's also that and apparently. Tara Newell at some point after this fainted and had to be taken to the hospital in an ambulance. Mm -hmm. So it was a big kerfuffle. And apparently there was a group chat where the people on the Ellen Joey, I think not side. Yeah. Were upset about Tara and so then they were saying some unkind things. Yeah, they uh Hannah and Saruti characterized it as uh really I think they said disgusting. That's made people think Hannah and Saruti are not on Ellen's side. Well, I will say this about Hannah and uh Hannah and Saruti's like podcast. First of all, too goddamn early. They should have waited oh. like they should have waited a week like everybody else to see what panned out. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I was like I appreciate oh you, ladies, God. so much. The tea much. was scalding. The tea, oh, seriously. But they also, like, they had no real interactions with Ellen. Except, and Ellen says this. It was just like, hi, bye. You know? Yeah. Cordial, right. professional right. kind of, like, greetings and goodbyes. But they had some, uh, I guess they went out to dinner at one point with Tara. And then after the fact, Saruti talks about how she saw her as they were leaving in the hotel hallway Uh because their rooms were close together. And uh, Tara seemed like really upset, still really upset and kind of like ashamed. Like she couldn't look at Saruti is what Saruti said. And Saruti was like, hey, is everything okay?" So they had more of an experience with Tara. Mm -hmm. And I think they noted that Tara was really kind of mortified by the whole situation um, and also she's getting immediately shat upon by everybody. Yeah. So I think they just, you know, they had more experience with Tara. Uh, Tara has obviously a lot of PTSD. And so they were, I uh, think because the, I don't think they were on the Tara's side. chamber was yeah. so on Ellen's side. Yeah. It was like, well, let's also consider this side. It's, it's all, you know, all of this is like fucking black and white. So it's like t- Ellen and Joey are the heroes. This happened real fast. Yes. Ellen and Joey are the heroes. Tara and Collier and Patrick and Jillian and Steve are the villains. Right. And like, there's no room for nuance. There's no room for being like, oh, well, that was 
you know, Hannah and Sarudi's experience. Or like, everyone's the asshole. Yeah, well, here, that's you know? a, like. That's another Reddit. Yeah. Um, a subreddit you can be on is called Am I the Asshole? I've seen AITA. Oh, yeah? I yeah. have seen that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes the answer is like, everyone is the asshole. Yeah, it's true. So Tara was trying to say to Ellen, like, you've made my life hard because James Renner was calling and that sucked, uh-huh. which is kind of understandable. And I wonder if the chatter between Tara and Jillian and Patrick mm-hmm. and the people at the network yeah. was Ellen got that guy to write that article. Ellen insists that she never spoke I to know. James Renner, but I, I do think you're right. But I think Patrick I and Jillian... Think- told Tara she fucked everything up. She talked to James Renner. She got that article made. Yes. And I, I don't know. That's, we just have Ellen's word for the fact that she did not speak to James Renner. He approached her and she was like, no, thank you. And he was a total gentleman and was like, all right, got it. Well, so uh, my thought was, did she talk to him? She said she didn't. She has to say that because she has an NDA. Um, but this must be what the rumor is on the Obsessed Network side of things. We found out we found out later, though, that plenty of podcasters, both uh, like on the network, mm-hmm. talked to James Renner. He didn't need Ellen. Mm. He got plenty of information from Daisy Egan, who mm-hmm. has acknowledged that she spoke on background. Mm. Um, and probably Maggie Freeling. I don't know that for a fact, but. I get the sense that she probably also spoke to him because of the mm-hmm. murder and alliance thing that we're kind of connecting yeah, the dots yeah. on. Um, and then Amber Hunt, who and then uh, Amber Hunt. was named. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Ellen and Rabia have a podcast together, and Rabia is of, like, serial fame. Yeah. Know? Well, no, she's not of serial... She's of Adnan Syed defense fame. She actually... I, I just don't want to, like... She got interviewed on serial. So to oh, me, did she? she was... Oh, okay. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. To yeah. me, she was like a person, you know. She's a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and there were times on TCO where I just remember Jillian would be like, Rabia, how? Well, this is a thing that happens on TCO. Yeah. They're like, first, like for a bunch of episodes, they'll be like, Rabia, help us. Rabia, tell us what to do. Because Rabia is like a very like capable queen lawyer. And like, Rabia. Exactly. They would and call her that. Same thing with Maggie Freeling. They're like, yes. Maggie Freeling. Maggie. She's such a, they call her a smoke show. And that happens for a series of episodes. And then you never fucking hear about these people again. Because well, bad blood. But do you know what I wonder? Yeah. Did Ellen get Rabia on her side? And are Patrick and Jillian like, Damn, Robbie is not our friend anymore. I think. Or do you think it started before? No, I think it's Patrick's behavior. Yeah. Alienates okay. people. Okay. Because honestly, today, literally today, everybody has come out with statements defending Ellen and Joey. Who? Who are the people? Daisy Egan. Okay. Obviously, Robbie, Robbia well, is like was clear from Ellen from the and Robbia's podcast where they recapped. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, Hunt. they t- also today, like a whole bunch of people had came out statements. today had statements to be like, and, and they were basically like, "It's a lot of bullshit." Patrick's, a m- I, I'm paraphrasing, but Patrick's a monster. Uh, it was, some people were like more uh, circumspect than others mm-hmm. about it, but basically. 
all of these podcasters that Patrick and Jillian were like singing the praises of and were on their network or somehow affiliated with their network are now coming out against them officially. That statement by the person who was the handler of Tara, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This oh, yeah, person, yeah, yeah. Allie? I don't know their gender. Let's just say they. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, sh- they write... <laughs> In early September, Patrick and Steve asked me if I was willing to be the full-time handler for Tara and her partner during Obsessed Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, but this person is also, like, a moderator of the Facebook group or something. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think, you know, you would think this person would be on the Obsessed Network and Tara side, right? Yeah. Yeah, that they're lovely they did their best to support them through the chaos. Mm-hmm. I was present in meetings immediately after the confrontation where Tara and Collier were comforted and where Patrick, Steve, and Jillian made comments about Ellen being crazy, manipulative, a perpetual victim, and that she was trying to ruin Patrick's life. Mm-hmm. So, like, Which Ellen sounds has so... become the yeah, They're trying to ruin my life! Yeah. That just sounds very par for the course. I was told repeatedly that Mischief Management, who was, you know, the, like, the event coordinator. The event manager, planner, whatever. That they were investigating, meeting with Ellen and Joey, and trying to resolve things. Yeah. I would later learn that none of those things happened. I was told Ellen and Joey were refusing to complete their programming in breach of their contract. Mm Mm-hmm. And then this person goes on to say, despite Tara's own story, that she started the conversation with Ellen in the elevator by saying the drama caused at Obsessed Network was making things hard for her. Tara, Collier, and other podcasters. Mischief, Patrick, Steve, and Jillian continued to say that Ellen had started the argument. And apparently the CEO of Mischief, who I think was there. Yeah. uh, I actually think that was the lady who was... Uh, there with Patrick during the book signing. Oh, the one who was like, "You, I don't have any book yeah, plates right like, now, but you can get oh, one. Oh, oh baby. Me, yeah, you can get one and then you can come back and, you know, yeah. Uh, apparently the CEO and Patrick are like close right yeah, now, yeah. right now, yeah. because we see what happens with Patrick and his friends. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, shit will hit the fan soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So then this person goes on, the handler goes on to say, mm-hmm. Between Saturday, I love this part, after their burger meal. <laughs> so formal. Delicious. <laughs> after their burger, burger meal, meal and their right. departure, uh-huh. Collier expressed at least three times that he wanted to have a conversation with Joey man to man. Oh, so she's saying they're doing this over lunch or whatever. They're talking yeah. about this over food. And okay. the first time Mischief said that they would try to arrange that, but times after that they told him... Joey refused. All right. Mischief management is a business and they have a client and they need to do what the client wants. That's true. So I feel like the CEO of mischief management is maybe getting a lot of shit she doesn't deserve because she's just doing what the person who is paying them wants them to do. Right. So like, you know, it's the fucking internet. So like, uh, whoever this person is, I can't remember her name, is totally fair game Yeah. Uh, for them. But yeah, a lot of people are like very anti-mischief management. Like they'd, uh, it's all I know, Patrick. I know. It is all Patrick. They're just doing what he wants them to do because he's the 
one who's fucking writing the check. Totally. Yeah, and that's to be expected, quite frankly. So I don't get why people are coming after the management company. Uh, yeah. He's, I think they're just, what do you want me to do? They just keep, like, basically... Or maybe there's just, like, it's up to mischief management to handle, but he's, like, making it obvious what his thoughts are, and yeah. they're just taking their cue from him. I really believe that. Right. You know, and he's obviously... I'm not a fan of Patrick anymore. Um, he's obviously, like... Right. Either paranoid or a liar. You know? Mm-hmm. Either way, he's not taking in reasonability or reality correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So what did Daisy say today? Oh, okay. So Daisy, let's... Pull it up? Get to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is... This is Daisy Egan's Insta. Uh, host of Strange and Unexplained on the Obsessed Network. I have truly agonized over whether or not to speak publicly about the rumors surrounding Patrick Hines and his practices as my employer at Obsessed Network. I have two and a half years left on my contract at ON, Obsessed Network, and I don't know what the consequences of this will be, but in light of recent events and stories that have come out online, I cannot, in good conscience, remain, in good conscience, remain silent. Um... And she goes on to say uh, she and Patrick has been friends for a decade. Um, He asked her to make Strange and Unexplained uh, when his network was new in the summer of 2020. And, you know, at that point, that's the pandemic. So she's an actor and a writer and there's just no work on. So like she's she says literally this was a lifeline financially for her. And she has uh, she has a child. Okay, she goes on to say that she decided to do this podcast with uh, Patrick's sort of nascent podcast network. She starts writing scripts, and apparently, you know, he loves them. They're great. They're wonderful. And then around December 2020, he starts rejecting scripts outright, she says, and not giving her notes about how to improve them, but just like, they're bad, read... She doesn't give a lot of detail about, like, how she was supposed to redo them. And after this point, um, oh, and also, uh, I want to read this part. As per the contract, I was not going to be paid until the podcast launched in April 2021. And so with the expected of, with the exception of an unexpected advance in December of 2020, I worked without pay. Mm. From August 2020 to April 2021, and I never said a word to anyone about the network about it, as I assumed it was standard practice. That's eight months. That's eight months, and he's taking advantage of the fact that nobody knows how this business works yet. Yeah. In order to, I think, just to not fucking pay her. Like, I think he's absorbing ad revenue. Yeah. Because he thinks that he's like, I'm giving her a chance I gave her a big advance, and so in order to make that money back up, in order to get her in here... What do you think the advance was? Oh, I mean, I wouldn't know a number, but... You know what what I would think? Yeah, uh, because uh, she says something about Audio Boom bought the podcast. I don't know what the connection with Audio Boom is. I was grateful for the opportunity. Patrick acknowledged that I had been an actor for 30 years and assured me that my schedule wouldn't interfere with my acting career. Um, that coupled with the fact that we'd been friends for so long is why when Patrick offered me the contract, a contract telling me he was giving me everything audio boom bought the podcast for. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know what that means. Let me Google audio boom. 
Audio Boom is a leading global podcast pub- publisher. We connect podcasters and advertisers with engaged and passionate audiences. Oh, we should use this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but was Audio Boom a network or was it a platform like Spotify for podcasters? Well, or they boast that True Crime Obsessed is one of their podcasts. Audio Boom is home to well-known personalities, influential creators, and the biggest shows in podcasting. What the fuck is going on here business-wise? Because I thought ON was like an independent network where if they know. put all sh- the shit out themselves, but Audio Boom has some sort of involvement with them and they're okay. So Audio Boom is buying the podcast and he is giving the money that Audio Boom has bought the podcast for back to Daisy. Well, well like what's says, the relationship? Like if we wanted to sign up, yeah. you know, like they would help find us ads. I'm sure that's based on see like viewers. That's based on yeah. Or viewers, listeners. Like downloads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, standard or plus account for individual podcasters with less than 50,000 downloads per month looking for professional tools to grow. Advertisers can go on Audio Boom okay. and see like True Crime Obsessed and be like, oh, I can advertise with them. Like they have a crazy amount of listeners. Like this yeah. is a wide reach. And so advertisers will go to Audio Boom. What podcast do I like think will yeah. be appropriate? And I'll advertise there. And their little profile thing says the true crime slash comedy podcast you need in your life. We recap your favorite true crime documentaries with humor, sass, and heart. From Vulture, it's not wrong to laugh when you're listening to a true crime podcast. Or at least I hope it isn't, because if almost crashing my car while listening to true crime obsessed is wrong, I don't want to be right. Okay, motherfucker, they're not that funny. <laughs> like, well, Vulture they're delightful, they but I'm not going to crash my car. Yeah, but they'd say pull over all the time. They're yeah. Like, pull over. Well... But I won't. I know. So <laughs> I, I mean, that person that wrote that took that directly from what they because well, they're a copywriter. Yeah, fair enough. Can I just read? Yeah, what? Where she says? Yeah. A month after we launched, I spent Mother's Day in my room trying to get a script finished. So fucking sad. The following day, I received a last-minute call pertaining to my acting career and had to miss one of our two weekly Zoom meetings. So she had to, she let the team know. Um, then she got a FaceTime call from Patrick in which he accused me of treating the podcast like a side hustle. Which is what it was supposed to be. Yeah, he, yeah. he was like, that'll be fine. Uh, I told him I had spent all of Mother's Day alone writing a script. And he said, well, I forgot it was Mother's Day because I basically don't have a mother. I thought he had two moms. I thought his Well, mom- no, he always said like he had his mother, but. What's her, his mother's name? Not <laughs> Patricia. But, um, but also he talked about Terry, who's now unfortunately oh. deceased, but who was like basically his stepdad. Uh-huh. He always refers to, refers to this person as a stepdad. But, um, but he often he... talks about his mother and how strong she was. And in this instance, he's talking about like, I never had a mother. So it's like, what? obviously there's a huge difference between how he portrays his mother and how he feels about his mother. Right? Yeah. Like, that's fucked up. I thought his mom, you know, obviously had him with a man and then became like a late in life lesbian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Or a later in life lesbian. I don't think it was that late. <laughs> no, he has a mother. He talks about her all the time, but he talks about her in a way that's like very fond. So you think And he's he always talking about He secretly like, like does not He's like mm, He's got some issues with her. Yeah. And so this sort of like goes to the fact that he's like Yeah. He's not who he says he is and he like he's creating a persona of a person who's like, I love my lesbian mother when he actually has a lot of issues with her. Yeah. Yeah. I basically don't have a mother. He's also said, he's like, my mother doesn't listen to this podcast. I am sorry. My mother will listen to any goddamn bullshit that I put out. There. My mother will listen to this. And they be like, it was good, honey. <laughs> no, no, no. Like she, but she will listen to it, whether, yeah. however she feels about it, she will listen to every goddamn episode we put out. Aww. So that's weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she's like, I couldn't believe my friend of 10 years had just spoken to me that way. Unsure of what to do, I called Steve in his capacity at the network. Steve made it clear that he was not going to be helping me out in this situation. And we've got to talk about our conversation with Steve at the garbage ball. I know. Because that was weird. It was very weird. Yeah. Uh, We've given you everything you've asked for, is what he said, which was particularly confusing because I hadn't asked for anything that wasn't directly related to the technical production of the podcast. Well, he's like, we've given you everything you've asked for, but then he complains that it's like, you think this is a side hustle. And I was like, yeah, because that's the way I fucking presented it to you. And I told you I didn't want this to interrupt my acting work. Yeah. And so that's that's fucking what it is, because she's an actor and a actress, actor and a writer first. And this and it seems like she's spending the bulk of her time on this podcast for which she's not getting paid for eight months. I bet if she, you know, that bonus or whatever she said she got. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, like my well, because that was from the audio boom sale. Whatever that means, right? We don't know. Yeah, I bet in my brain it's like ten thousand dollars, and it's like okay, it's a lump sum, blah blah blah. It it's is a lump not sum. Eight months of work. No, it will know? get you through three at best. Yeah, and in New York City. Oh, she's in L.A. I think, but L.A. is just I as mean, expensive. Still, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, what I want to say about Daisy is that she confirms. That she was background for the article. Wait, like, Patrick reached out via Slack after the James Renner article came out, for which I spoke on the on background to offer a long overdue apology. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's like, yeah, I talked to him. So he's like an asshole one second, and, and then he's then like, Patrick I'm so sorry, we're best friends. Yeah. I declined the offer, because yeah. frankly, at this point, I wouldn't believe an apology or trust his intention. Fair enough, Tazy. I am grateful yeah. to Patrick for giving me this opportunity. I am incredibly proud of my work. I would be more unhappy about losing such a close friend if he hadn't turned out to be such an angry and vindictive person, period, end. The thing is, she's so nice about it. She's not like, he's a monster and I fucking hate him. She's like, sane about the whole thing. It's kind of like what she would say to him. Like, hey, like, this didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, changed the rules. And then got mad at me for them. Exactly. And uh, and then would like beg me to be your friend again. And it's like, um. So you could treat me like shit again, basically. Apparently, yeah. I feel like that's the dynamic here. It's like, oh, be my friend. I didn't mean it. I'm so sorry. I was stressed. And then he's like, he starts like, he's nice for a few days. Crossing probably. the boundaries. And then he's like a dick again. 
Yeah. He probably expected it to like hit real fast, just like TCO did, because I think he's spoiled by the fact that TCO was big fast and made him a lot of money and he's expecting everything he touches to turn to gold. Yeah, and like, I mean, the landscape has changed. Yeah, and he said that as much about like the true crime space in terms of advertisers Oh, in the opening ceremonies. He said it's really hard right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because the market's kind of bottoming out, which it always does when there's a, a boom and then a bust. Wow. Yeah. I mean, fucking last podcast on the left, which is like one of the most successful true crime podcasts, they're still doing ads for Simply Safe. So, what do you think about Simply Safe? I don't think anything about Simply Safe, but I'm like, if you're still doing ads for the same and stamps.com for the same companies that you were literally fucking 15 years ago, yeah, that means the growth potential has topped out mm. in terms of advertising dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's not like fucking Hyundai is like, we love you guys. So now you know who Hyundai loves? Who? Uh, Pod Meets World. The Boy Meets World podcast. Oh. <laughs> really? I'm really into that podcast. <laughs> it's really good. I'm sure. Maybe it's and, great. You, you can know, make a podcast about anything. Well, and they're as we famous. are showing right now. Yeah. And um, is it with the Boy Meets World people? Yeah. Oh, with the Savage Second son? Okay, so the savage son. All right. He didn't want to be a part of it. He's been running for Congress. Yeah. (laughs) Is he really? Yes. Jesus fucking Christ. But when they had the idea for the podcast, he wasn't running for Congress yet. He was just kind of like, oh, it's not my thing. You know, that's just not my thing. He's like, I moved on in my life. I'm a different person now. Whatever. Yeah. So it's Topanga. Sean, I mean, uh-huh. did you watch this show? No, but I know who Topanga is. Okay, so yeah. it's Topanga Sean, who was Savage's best friend. Yeah. and Wasn't he, she, his girlfriend in yeah. that show? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the older brother, um, okay. Eric. Okay. I'm just using their character That's names right fine. now. That's fine. Because I, I thought I, that might help you. I literally do not care. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but they talk about Hyundai a lot. Yeah. Oh, oh this is about the dollars. Like, it's all about listeners and advertising revenue and what they can get out of it. And I'm not knocking it, but that's what it's about. They are not your fucking friends. Mm -hmm. Like, it is a para-para-social relationship. relationship. Okay? Yeah, so how many people at this Obsessed Fest do you think felt like they were there to meet their friends. Just no, because... I think most people who don't have a background in performing in show business think that it's real. Yeah. And it's like, it's half real. They don't realize that but it's half real, but it's this... also half money. But all of this stuff came yeah. out. Uh huh. And so then I felt like, you know, then there were tons of posts about, um, I will not listen to this show again. Yeah. I left my swag outside Patrick's hotel room. They have pictures like, of it. Crazy it's shit. vicious. Like, I love crazy. it. It's crazy. Yeah. No, it's crazy, but also it's like, it's. You know that got to I him. love that shit. <laughs> and they knew it would. Yeah. And that's awesome. So. I mean, if you don't like somebody, that's a way to show it. Oh my God. Okay. Let's talk okay. about when we talked to Steve. We read about everything that went down. On yeah. We're Reddit, like, ooh, ooh. And we were like, well, we're still going to go to the TV. TCO live show. That was our next event yeah, that like, we were going to go to after our nap. And we hadn't seen them do the Jinx live on tour. But we're also not the type of people to be like, 
well, these people are obviously trash, and so we will not support them. It's like, they already took our money. We're yeah. going to their show. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And the vibe at the TCO live show was weird. Uh-huh, for sure. Not, it was fine. It was like nothing went into it. It wasn't very special, and like they didn't seem connected at all, like no. just from a like a performance standpoint standpoint he was on edge yeah, yeah yeah and she was like like that whole thing with the shoes remember that no oh when like steve came out and oh, he, was, he like, was like go get my shoes i bought these sneakers and then patrick had like was talking about how he had like some sort of fucking sandals on but he never put on the shoe it was really yeah, weird was really at the beginning weird. so the show ends and then there's a garbage ball which is across the hall at the uh, it's, second stage. They it's call in a it. ballroom, I would call it. Yeah, basically. It was yeah, just yeah, yeah. like a weird room uh-huh. with interesting decorations, uh-huh. interesting chandeliers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then they had a DJ and 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 uh-huh. a bar where you couldn't tip. The fucking bartenders. Know, it was so weird. It was so weird. And so we're like f- trying to find out how we to tip like, these guys. We were like, what's your Venmo? And he's like, I have Cash App. And we're like, we don't have We don't that. have Cash App. He's like, do you have this other app? And I was like, no, I have Venmo. Yeah. So then I zelled him. Yeah. <laughs> it was like this whole production. And uh, we talked to Steve. We did. We talked to, like Steve approached he, like, us, us because we had met him at. The Patrick's, Patrick's book signing, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, Denver, Denver, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know." He was just hi. like, Did sort you guys of... have fun?" And we were like, "Yes." We also want to let you know that you sound crazy on the podcast. Did we say that? I said, "You know how they always." We were just talking about him before he came up. That <laughs> yeah, they yeah, always yeah. refer to him as like a hard ass who's like, "Don't do this, Mister Spreadsheets." Mister yeah. Spreadsheets, and uh-huh. I was like. But then we met you, and you're like a three-dimensional human being. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because I remember meeting him, and I was like, oh, you've got a lot to do at this, like, all weekend. Like, you've got to watch Jillian, make sure she's okay. You've got to watch Patrick, make sure he's okay. I was sort of, like, trying to sort of tacitly mention that there's there's a lot of drama going on, you isn't were? there? Well, I was just like... You got a lot to do, don't you, Steve, right now? A lot going on, huh? And then I wanted to, like, kind of, like, draw him out a little bit. But I did. I thought we had, like, overall a nice conversation with him and that he was, like, interested in talking to us. Yeah. Like, uh, but also in a way that it's just, like, you know, well, you're the people who are here, so you're on our side. And I was like... In, oh. Inside, I was like, we're on nobody's fucking side. We're just here for the fucking lulls, really. Yeah, because Jillian was there, but I'm going to say this. She's, Jillian. Tr- she's strident. <laughs> no, it's not that she's strident. She seemed a little, like, on something. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Did you see her when she was dancing? No. She was, like, very... Uh, and I don't know Jillian, so maybe that's what she's like. And but I didn't expect her to be so like sort of like a, um, ethereal. Ethereal, that's exactly. What you look like while you're like acting it out, she seemed a little out of it. Well, maybe she needed some edibles just like us. Maybe she had some edibles just you know? like us, yeah. Because or was... some Xanax or whatever. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah. After all this shit, I she probably has to be on something to survive that job and stay silent, which it seems to be that she is. 
Okay, so Patrick and Jillian and Steve have not come out and said anything. Well, that's not true, except, yes. Except that they were like, hey, sorry we did the same exact show that we did on the road. Yeah. Even though we promised we wouldn't, if you saw both, you can have $50 back. Yeah, but somehow you have to like prove that you had a ticket to a previous show that featured the Jinx, and it was just like... Uh, But did they say anything else? Was that it? No, they have said nothing else, and they have released. Yeah. Since they've released, like, two episodes, one uh, main episode, one on the Patreon, Patreon, and uh, also they released an after party. Yes. Where they they just don't talk about about it it at all. Yeah. So it's, I mean, they're they're playing to their base. That might be for legal reasons. I think it's for legal reasons. I think lawyers are being like, don't talk about it yet uh-huh. you know until we like have all our ducks in a row we know who's suing us we know who's not suing us we know what our legal liabilities are with everybody involved because everybody's turning against them uh, do you i think, think daisy should sue the fuck out of them really oh yeah yeah because yeah. i was like when you said the legal thing i was like well who's gonna sue who thinking in my head patrick will sue is it is gonna be interesting to see the future of Obsessed Network, how they deal with this, and whether, quite frankly, they survive. They've lost listeners. They are losing revenue. This has, like, real-world financial implications, and so it'll be really interesting to see what happens. And uh, that's the thing. Like, why is this so fucking fascinating to me? Because as I'm reading all this, I'm like, you people are insane. Well, Like, this is all insane. The fans that are so incensed, that seems insane. Well, it's also, it's like, they've made up these personalities, these storylines, these relationships. But at the end of the day, after Daisy's statement came out, I was like, oh shit, everybody was right. Patrick's a monster. Ellen is right. But still, at the end of the day, I'm like, these aren't your friends. And, you know, more power to her. Ellen is doing this. Ellen and Joey are doing this to a certain extent in order to, like, get listeners to get revenue to get advertising dollars to get publicity i don't knock them for it but my god they're not your friends ellen is not your queen all right she's making a living and this is how she's doing it don't ever fucking forget that dudes it's show business it's all fake it's a persona except for us except for us we're totally real guys we're real we're really real and you know what? Fame and money, yeah. they haven't gone to our heads yet. But if this podcast becomes successful, we will become monsters. We will. And we will start our own internet scandal for you all to enjoy. Yeah. And get completely apoplectic about. And Please that's join us. it's coming down the pike. So <laughs> yeah. Okay, all goodbye. Right. Good bye. Night. Good night, Katie Mordhorst. Good night, Nathan Lee. All right, bye bye. Bullshit is produced by Katie Mordhorst and Nathan Lee, with sponsorships by High Noon and White Wine. We'd like to thank Mom and Dad, who are different people. I have a Mom and Dad, and Nathan has a Mom and Dad. My dad's dead, (laughs) so I don't have a dad anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.